Well, good morning, fellowship. Happy New Year. <laughs> this morning, we are gathered together in person and online um, in one worship service. Welcome to each and every one of you. We're glad that you're with us. This morning, we will conclude our time of one worship service together at the table. So for those of you who are worshiping with us online, we invite you to gather your elements at this time. You might want to take a moment to get some juice or wine and some bread and crackers, and then you can partake with us in communion together at the end of the service. Today holds a lot. Not only is it the first day of 2023 with fresh starts and new beginnings, it is also the eighth day of Christmas. So Merry Christmas. It is part of the 12 days of Christmas and the season of Christmas where we continue to celebrate the birth of Christ. And today is also what we call Epiphany Sunday. Now, Epiphany is actually this Friday, but it's the culmination of the 12 days of Christmas when we remember and celebrate that the wise men from the Far East found the Christ child. They offered, them, or offered him their gifts and worshiped him. And so this morning, the themes of Epiphany will guide us in our worship as we remember that God put on flesh, not just for one people group or one religious group, but for the whole world. Jesus is indeed the light of the nations, and God's expansive love welcomes all of us this morning. Let's stand together and sing. As we enter into a new year, it's fitting to reflect a little bit and uh, make resolutions for the new year. But we also, as Christians, recognize our own frailty, our own meekness, our own sinfulness. And so in that spirit, let us offer a prayer of confession. The words will be on the screen. Eternal light, 
shine. Eternal goodness, deliver us from evil. Eternal power, eternal wisdom, scatter the shadows of our ignorance. Eternal compassion, have mercy on us, that with heart and mind and soul and strength, we may seek your face and be brought by your infant mercy to the holy presence through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. People of God, it is because of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection that we have peace with God and with one another. The peace of Christ be with you.
I invite you as you are comfortable to share a sign of the peace with your neighbor and those in the chat to greet one another. Good morning, Fellowship Church. I'll say it again. Happy New Year. It is good to be in 2023. Michigan football is still undefeated in 2023. So, my name is Nate Skipper, and I'm one of the pastors at Fellowship Church, where our mission is to love God and others as an accepting community centered in Christ and focused on developing faithful followers of Jesus. If you are new or if you're visiting with us, welcome. We're glad that you're here. If you want to make yourself known to us, there are connection cards uh, that you can find uh, back there in the Welcome Center or uh, on some tables. Uh, We'd love to get to to know you. I I really think that we're pretty good on announcements because it's the new year and you guys know what's going on, right? So we're good. Uh, So there should be no... I have a question, Pastor Nate. Oh, yes, Pastor Well, Ross. I came in and I tried to sit Come on down. Come up, you know. You can just steal my thunder. I'll just this is my, my myself moment, right here man. a minute. I tried to sit down and there was a card on my chair, and I think it was so for the others as well. What's this? What is that? That's a little invitation to take a survey, you might say, uh, that we're asking the congregation to take part in. Yeah, where is this coming from? Well, the consistory alongside of, uh, especially the MLC, is trying to guide us through a little strategic planning process. Process, uh, and getting the spiritual pulse of our congregation is one aspect of that, uh, and that survey is a way for us to do that together. Very good. So what's the bi- kind of bigger hope? What's the why that we would be kind of doing this thing together? Our longing would be that we would continue to work towards integrating the work that we're doing and the, the stuff that we do together with the mission that God is calling us to. Um, and we think that this tool, this survey, could be a great way for us to do that, not just for information sake, but actually so that we, uh, the people that take the survey, uh, can get, kind of get a pulse of our own kind of spiritual life and vitality. So it's a good time to do that, yeah, I think, yeah, uh, yeah. as the new Beginning year. Beginning of, of a new year, yeah, right. Kind of so who's supposed a, to take it? Um, well, you and I. <laughs> Just two. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, yes. I think this is actually intended to be taken by everyone, uh, would be our goal, uh, that is willing to take some time. And it's really easy to do that. Yeah. You know, you could take it on the, there's a QR code right on that little card. Uh, you can scan that on your phone and just pop some questions in your phone. Or you can get a paper copy right at the Welcome Center. And did you know that uh, maestro technological bravado uh, Steve Bronius set up some computers out there that you can do it right here on our computers. So there's even a kiosk on campus to do Uh, it right out there. Yeah, that's the better word for it. Yes, (laughs) kiosk. So uh, we encourage folks to take that by January 15, uh, right? Correct. And I guess if you do take it, you're you're entered into a chance to win some fellowship swag. Fellowship swag, really good. You know? (laughs) It's great. 
Thank you, Pastor Thank you. Ross, for that good reminder uh, to take that uh, survey. And you will get an email this week uh, that will include a link to that survey in your email if you want to do that some other time. Um, and it'll also include a link uh, to take part in our consistory nominations process, which is a way for us to begin to think about who might be, uh, God might be calling to be the leaders of our church uh, through the work of the consistory uh, in the coming year. That process will be the next, for the next couple months, um, but we'd love to get some names, uh, especially in the next couple weeks. Uh, so if you'd be willing to share some names of folks that you think would be a good uh, fellow leaders of Fellowship Church, that would be awesome. One of the cool things about the end of the year, I think, is that a lot of us start to, some of us start to think about um, what we're going to do uh, and make a resolution for for the next year, but also uh, some folks kind of take some time to assess financially what they're up to. Um, one of the cool things about being in the role here at Fellowship Church and being in ministry with you all is that I had a couple calls, emails this week from fellowship people being like, hey, you know, I'm interested in giving to uh, something for the sake of the world, <laughs> whether it be uh, disaster relief for uh, folks in Ukraine or Wells or a local mission partner right here in Holland. You all are thinking about how you can be a blessing to this world. And I think that that's really cool because not only are you seeking to be a blessing to this world, but I think that you intrinsically also know that giving is a good thing for you, too, that it's a way in which we can practice our faith and give back to God what we confess already belongs to God. So I give God thanks uh, for the spirit of Fellowship Church to be a gracious and giving community. This morning, we're going to take part in uh, uh, speaking of uh, being gracious and giving. Um, we're going to do something a little unique this morning uh, for our worship service. January 1 is the day, and this is a day in which a lot of people are making New Year's resolutions. Anybody make a New Year's resolution this year? Show of hands. Oh, come on. Someone has made a New Year's resolution. <laughs> You don't have to be bashful. It's no big deal. You might have a good fitness goal or spiritual goal, some kind of pace of life or emotional thing, eating, whatever it is. It's a time to be kind of really intentional uh, for a, a little while at least, maybe a couple weeks, the average says. Um, but we'll seek to be a little bit more intentional. Um, with um, our lives. And this morning uh, at, at, at this worship service, we're going to have a chance uh, to hear from some folks that have been kind of uh, intentionally reflecting on the past year and anticipating the, the next year um, as they seek to uh, live out uh, their uh, calling to be one of Christ's disciples. One of the joys we have at Fellowship Church is on this Sunday, often around right now, we get to hear testimonies um, from people at Fellowship Church, a way for them to articulate their encounter with Jesus and how they anticipate living into a, a year of faithfulness. For the past number of weeks, we've been wandering with the wise guys, right? We have them even hidden in our sanctuary still. There's three of them, if you find them up around here. Um, but while we've been wandering with these wise guys, we've been centering ourselves around Matthew chapter 2. And at the very end, there's a peculiar line in the, in the passage that having been warned in a dream, the wise men do not go back to Herod. Instead, they return to their country by another route. Which is to say that their encounter with Jesus changed them. They changed allegiances from going back to Herod as they intended and are now going to avoid Herod. Their allegiance changed from Herod, you might say, to this Christ child. 
like the wise guys, I think we've all had some kind of encounter with Jesus, some touching of the Holy Spirit that has caused us to change or to be here this morning. But there's some fellowship friends that I'd like to invite you or introduce you to, if you haven't met them already uh, this morning, that will articulate how they've encountered Jesus in 2022 and how they are anticipating going by another route into 2023. But before we hear their stories, we're going to sing a song for 2023 that's a little bit festive and new uh, to prepare us to uh, hear what God has to say through them. While this song is playing, I invite the children, ages 3 through 5th grade, to be dismissed to see Miss Betsy. So let's sing along. And stand.
may be seated. Would you introduce yourself, my friend? I sure will. My name is Gerald Baraza. I was born in a very small African family in Kenya. My father has only three wives, nine sons, and 16 daughters. Oh, just a small family then. Yes, sir. 25 siblings? 24, to be exact. Yeah, 24 siblings, correct. Yes, yes. That'll help. Maybe. Maybe. So three wives, nine brothers, and 16 sisters. Nine sons and 16 daughters. Okay, small family. Small African family. Yes. And uh, how did you get connected with fellowship, Brother Gerald? Through a very beautiful and dear lady called Alison Hoving Baraza, my wife. Nice. She had been fellowshipping here for a while, and her parents have also been members of this church for a long time. And through her, I got connected to Fellowship Church, and that saved my life. Well, you uh, are, we're grateful that you're a part of the ministry at Fellowship Church, Gerald. Tell us a Thank little you. bit about your uh, upbringing, what it was like to be uh, raised in such a big family, and how you kind of came to faith, if you will. Well, growing up on Fridays, we would go to the mosque because one of my mothers is a Muslim. She's also an African witch doctor. And then on Sundays, we would go to church. And so talk of confusion, you go to the mosque, you go to church, and then you practice traditional African medicine and other things. So we grew up very confused. And after high school, I did not even know what to do with my life. Hmm. But you had an encounter with someone, I think you mentioned, uh, that helped to kind of guide you on the right path, if you want to say it that way. I had a friend, and this friend saw the confusion that I was going through, and he came to me and he preached to me from Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things shall be added unto you. And then he just pestered me and pestered me and pestered me until finally one day I went to church on Sunday with him, and when he made the altar call, I went to the front and just surrendered to Jesus Christ, and my life has never been the same again. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. You uh, have uh, had a good encounter. You might say you can identify with the wise men, uh, as we've been thinking about that over the last couple months. Uh, Gerald, tell us a little bit about uh, what you have been thinking about when you think about the story of the wise men coming to Jesus from afar. Yeah, the story of wise men, I, I, I do not think I'm wise, but the story of wise men has something that resonates with me and my life a little bit that they are led, guided by the star, going to seek something better, something good. They are going to seek this newborn baby that has been born, and they're expecting to find this baby maybe born in a palace. But when they get there, they find the baby in a stable, in a cow shed. And you can just imagine the conversation that goes between these wise men, like, really, is this where the newborn king is supposed to be, and it's kind of a shock. Now, to me, when I came from Africa to the US, I was expecting to come and just get into a palace, like get everything easy and splendor and whatever, 
and talk of the shock that I landed on when I tried to look for a job and the only job that I could find at that time was to clean bathrooms. I had come from a place where I used to put on a suit and a tie and walk with a small briefcase and I thought I was important and all that and then I get here and now I'm cleaning bathrooms and the money that I'm making is not enough and so I get another job again to clean more bathrooms and then I start to clean restaurants and I started to have some very serious conversations with my, myself and I saw my, some of my fellow African brothers and sisters surrendering and just going back to Africa like this is not worth it, this is not what we expected, this is not what we were looking and I almost surrendered and I went and hit rock bottom and it was just like the worst thing that ever happened to me but then thank God to my wife and her family <laughs> they held my hands and they brought me back to church and Fellowship was very gracious to me. They gave me a chance to start teaching Sunday school. And then I ended up serving on the consistory. And last year, I served on the MFA Board of Trustees. I'm still serving on it. And now I'm serving on the Holland classes. And it's just been like so much of a relief that I can't even believe it. And then further than that, last year, 2022, through our pastor Ned and brother Jeff Jansma, I got a wonderful job at Ventura and I cannot praise the Lord enough. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, and thank you, Ned, and everybody else. Hmm. Thank you, Gerald. What a cool story of uh, kind of, I think the way that you told me one time is that you experienced and you identified with the wise men's disappointment and confusion. Uh, for so long and uh, now being uh, into a kind of a, a new experience in this past year with the new job and these new serving opportunities, you felt God even doing something new inside of you. Uh, God has really been touching me and speaking to me and just showing me how he wants to transform me and use me in many different ways to not only change my own life, but change the life of my family and everybody else that I get in touch with. And he's still working on me. He's still breaking me, molding me, melting me, and just making me into a vessel that he wants to, me to be and use me wherever he wants. And I am ready, I've surrendered, I've said, just Lord, use me however, wherever you want. So as you think about uh, the, the, the wise men who encountered Jesus in a pretty significant year in their life, and then they went home, we say, by another route. Um, they were a changed people, a changed person. How do you anticipate uh, being that different, that molded maybe by Jesus in the next year as you look to 2023? What are you longing for in 2023? 2023 seems to be, it's going to be a very interesting year because the Lord has been doing some things and he has opened up some ways and ministries that I didn't even imagine would happen. And as we speak right now, we are already thinking of at least four trips to Africa this year, two to West Africa, two to East Africa, and many other things are opening up and the resources are there. And we are just waiting to see what the Lord is going to do. And we welcome you and Fellowship Church to be part of this journey as the Lord leads us. Thank you, Gerald. What uh, one kind of final question I guess I have for you is, what are you uh, hoping that Fellowship Church uh, might know or lean into in 2023? What do you hope for for Fellowship Church in 2023? To continue being Fellowship Church, 
continue being a prayerful church, continue supporting ministry and missions the way you have been doing, and continue giving to ministry and missions the way you have been doing. Fellowship has been doing a splendid job. I cannot thank you enough, and may the Lord continue blessing Fellowship Church abundantly. Thank you, Gerald. And let's give uh, Gerald oh, a special sign of our appreciation for his willingness to share. Thank you, Gerald. There are a few people uh, that you uh, will experience uh, Christ's love in through more than Gerald Barraza. So grateful for his willingness to share uh, uh, this morning. Up next, we have some new friends. Would you guys be willing to introduce yourself? Not so new for uh, some of us, but uh, new to us on stage this morning. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and your relationship with Fellowship Church. Good morning, Fellowship. Happy New Year. Happy um, New Year. My name is Connie Dreyer, and I have been a member for, with Fellowship for 30 plus years. Um, I have a grown son and twin granddaughters, and Nate and I celebrated our ninth anniversary last week Monday, so we're... Uh, Yay! I'm Nate Dreyer. Uh, I have three children and three grandsons. Before Mary and Connie, I had a very rough history with organized church, so I was kind of apprehensive when Connie uh, invited me to come to fellowship. Finally, I said, okay, I'll go. And that was eight years ago, and I've been a member, or nine years ago almost, and I've been a member for eight years of it, so. And Nate, you are even currently serving uh, on Fellowship Church's consistory. What's yes, your I role am. on the, the consistory? I am a CLC deacon. Awesome, thank you. Uh, the wise men we've been talking about uh, came from afar seeking uh, and asking of this Christ child that they were going to encounter. Your, uh, and their journey, we don't know exactly what it was like, but we can trust that it was pretty unique. The last year of your life has been pretty unique in your journey with Jesus. Will you tell us a little bit about how uh, Christ has led you through in 2022? About a year and a half ago, I was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer. Life became very important in the need to get well, for the need to get well again. I started immunotherapy and I had great, my body responded to it very uh, positively. And as my cancer began to shrink, they did another test and they found cancer in my kidney. But it was uh, early stages, and they were able to remove part of that kidney. And I've been basically, since then, I've been in remission, and I feel I'm totally cured of the cancer. Hmm. Thanks be to God. Mm -hmm. When uh, we found out about Nate's cancer treatment, I... Um I felt like my life was repeating itself um, because about 10, 10 years ago, my first husband died of lung cancer, the same thing that he was just diagnosed with. So I was struggling with why do I have to repeat this all over again? I didn't understand. Um, I, was, I felt like I was out of control and I just, Nate's been my anchor, my grounder, 
and I didn't want to lose him too. Hmm. I can't imagine what that would have been like for you, Connie, and for Nate, to hear the news of being diagnosed and then to be rehearsing this same story again. How, how on earth were you sustained through that really, really difficult time? I returned to my morning devotions. I had let that slide away. I started that when um, Danny, my first husband, was diagnosed. Um, I have returned to doing that in my morning. I wake up a little earlier so that I can spend some quality time with um, the Bible and in prayer. And I found that the longer I was doing this, the calmer my heart became and just the fact that um, I knew I wasn't by myself and I didn't have to fix things on my own. I had help. Hmm. After my diagnosis was announced at church, um, a visitor came to Connie and I and said that his sister had the exact same cancer and was getting the exact same treatment and she was responding well to it. And he told us uh, that she was having no side effects from it. With all that and all the positive and caring words and acts from our family, our friends and our fellowship family, I accepted that God had a plan for me. to get well so I could be a testimony of his healing power. Hmm. And thanks be to God that he has uh, brought you through this, Nate, and we are so grateful that you are now truly cancer-free. God has uh, done this healing in and through you for the sake of uh, a testimony to give, uh, but you've also uh, spoken uh, briefly a little bit about the value of community and how you've been sustained by community through this difficult year. Can you tell us a little bit more about your uh, value of community? Well, besides the support of our, our families and friends, we found a beautiful family in Fellowship. Fellowship has stepped up and um, with meals, cards, positive words, prayer, um, and I don't know how we would have done it without all of the support, love. It's just, it was overwhelming. Just, I, it was awesome. Hmm. We uh, have been talking about how the wise men went home by another route. Uh, as you look to uh, 2023 uh, and you seek to be uh, a people that are living out uh, a testimony to God's faithfulness in your life, how do you uh, anticipate living differently as you lean into 2023? What I found out that even though um, our obstacles in life are sometimes really big and um, we can't do it on our own, but we as believers, um, have the power of the Holy Spirit within us. And he will give us the comfort, joy, peace, patience, and strength to get through it. It's, spirits, it's the Spirit of God that promises us can to continue to help us in everything that we deal with every day. Hmm. I, for one, uh, know that I'm, I'm more aware of God's love for me as it states in Psalm 139. He knows the hairs on my head. I'm looking forward to leaning, learning more about our loving Savior and sharing it with others so that I could be even more grateful for what he's done for me at this time next year. Hmm. Hey, let's give God thanks for the testimony that he's given Nate and Connie Dreyer. Thanks, guys.
You know, it takes a lot of courage to come up here and share with you all, even though you are a very gracious group of people. Uh, but we, I'm so grateful uh, for the testimonies uh, that Nate and Connie were able to share, and Gerald as well. We, our final, uh, my final friend that's going to share with you, uh, I'd like to let her introduce herself this morning. Hi, my name is Sherry Artema, and um, I have been at Fellowship now for a little over a year. I came out here in October of 21. Um, I grew up on the south side of Chicago, where I went to nursing school, and after graduation, I worked in an ER out there for many years. But out there? Where was out there? In um, south side of Chicago, um, yeah, Oaklawn, Illinois. Okay. And then in 1992, I moved to Southern California, and I continued to do ER and trauma nursing um, for a total of 46 years. And during my whole nursing career, it, it just truly felt like something that God called me to do. Um, I was fulfilling his appointment for me. Um, and on many occasions, I just truly felt like God used me as an instrument in his hands for healing. And um, it was very satisfying work, and I loved that work. In March of 2020, I decided to retire and literally the first five days were wonderful, and then literally COVID hit, and um, all of California and everywhere else as well kind of shut down. And especially in California, people were really living in fear, and it was on a couple of trips back to Holland, Michigan area where I have family, and I kept seeing these little purple signs in people's lawn that said, faith over fear. And I decided that's how I want to live. And so um, I traveled from afar, not necessarily as a wise man or a wise woman, but I traveled from afar and moved from Southern California into Holland, Michigan. Actually, Sherry, I, I, I would actually contend that you were the opposite of wise because I think <laughs> what I'm hearing you say is in your retirement, you moved from sunny Southern California where it's 70 and sunny every single day of the year to this? That's, that's right, yep. I'm and you are willingly enduring <laughs> Michigan winters instead of Michi uh, California winters. Yeah, yeah. That's I, awesome. I can't say I get too excited about this kind of weather, but um, snow in the winter is also just, I found it last year to be truly quieting to my soul. And especially since you don't have to go out and drive anywhere and get to work in the morning, it was tolerable. So, yeah. Well, more importantly, you have a story to share about uh, God's faithfulness uh, in yeah. leading you here and uh, some of the things that God's been stirring in, in you. So I'm going to let you share that story with the fellowship congregation. Okay. Um, yeah, so I moved here in October of 21. And one of the first things I wanted to do, you know, I had come from this position where I felt like I was really being used by God. And... And so I thought, okay, I wanna, I wanna start doing something. I, I don't like boredom. So I found myself volunteering for a lot of different things in the community and here at Fellowship Church. And, um, you know, those, those were good, but I was kind of wondering, you know, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I doing any good? Um, one of the things I did was serve meals on Wednesdays and um, on the family nights after the meals, I kind of joined um, Tierra's group where they were looking at the book called Every Good Endeavor. And that book kind of focuses on one's work. And um, some of the things that I learned was God worked. God worked in the creation of the world. That work was not a result of sin, but you know, Adam and Eve worked the garden even before uh, sin came into the world. 
Um, I learned that the concept of work in society's eyes versus God's eyes are two different things. You know, society's eyes tends to put the people with high paying jobs, the CEOs and, you know, doctors and that kind of stuff up here in, in life. And, you know, the guy that sells peanuts at the baseball game, you know, his work is down here. Um, but through that book, I kind of learned that that's not how God views it. God views all work the same, um, that he values every person and everybody's work. Um, I also learned that he could use anybody's work for his purposes. Um, even the unbelievers, he uses their work to accomplish his, his goals. Um, so I kind of had those thoughts in my mind. And then in mid-December, I had an opportunity to go on a Viking riverboat cruise down the Rhine River. And some of those lessons I learned really took root when I visited a city um, called Cologne. It's actually a German city now. You can see an image of that. Um, but it, was, it came into existence uh, about 38 years before Christ. It was a Roman, um, part of the Roman Empire. And um, anyways, the, the claim to fame now for this city, ironically, is they claim to have the bones of the wise men. And when I heard that, I was just like, that's what we've been talking about, you know? But this is the shrine that they built that supposedly contains the bones of the wise men. And it's big, it's probably like eight feet by six feet and, you know, five feet tall. Um, and it sits inside this magnificent cathedral. And the cathedral is um, just so detailed and it's huge. And the ironic thing is it took over 600 years for them to complete this cathedral. And I thought about all the people that worked on building that cathedral. I thought there was the guy who had to dig the foundation or the people who dug the foundation. There were people that chiseled out stone and probably wondered, why am I doing this every day? You know, what purpose is this gonna be used for? And then there were also people that were skilled laborers, the people that, you know, etched out these carvings in the stone or there's stained glass windows that are just so beautiful and detailed. And I thought, yeah, God's using, or you know, that architect used everybody's work. Everybody's role was important in building this cathedral. And I thought about the people who, you know, 600 years is a very long time. Most of them never got to see it completed, yet they continued to work. That um, last slide was a picture of the floor inlaid with all these little tiles. And anyways, I kind of thought, um, you know, about God's kingdom. And I thought, you know, I need to change my attitude, not, not volunteer or do things out of, um, you know, my own concern for boredom. Um, but my new route from, you know, coming home from the wise men's journey, um, I decided to say, no, I need to simply tell God, here I am, open hands, use me in whatever way you want to use me. Um, not to be concerned about what I want to do, but here I am, God, use me. And um, use me for the, I know God's in the process of building a new kingdom, and I feel privileged to be able to be a part of that building of the new kingdom. So that's my, my new journey home from this year on. Thank you, Sherry Artema, for sharing that story. What a great, great, great reminder of uh, the ways in which God can use uh, all of our gifts uh, and, and the ways in which he's empowered each one of us uniquely.
Can I offer a, a word of prayer for these folks and, and give God some thanks for that? God, thank you uh, for these folks' stories, for the ways in which you've been at work in their life in the past year, especially, um, but their whole life through. Uh, and we pray that we, together as a community, might consider how we might uh, go home by another route into 2023. Having encountered you and your love for us, may we be a people who participate uh, in your kingdom work that we will uh, never see fully, we might not see fully completed, uh, but we trust that you are at work in it. In Christ's name we pray, amen. I invite you to stand and we're gonna sing again, Jesus, what a wonderful child. Notice in the chorus, new life, new hope, new joy he brings. That's our prayer that we would be rooted in Christ in this coming new year. from Nashville. It's the third Fellowship Reformed <laughs> Worship Team. Well, friends, I can think of few better ways to begin a new year than at the table of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is, of course, not fellowship's table. It does not belong to our denomination. It is the table of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we come to this place to receive spiritual food for the spiritual journey. As you've heard quite thoroughly this morning, we've been journeying with the wandering wise men. Our journey with them ends this week. Uh, but they came from afar. They encountered the Christ child, and they went home by a different route. And the hope is that as we begin a new year, together, even this morning, that we too would be a bit like them, like our stories we've heard this morning, that we would be encountering the king, whether in the manger, at the
the table where he gathered with his friends, the cross, the empty tomb, and so much more, that we would encounter him and go home differently. So as we begin this new year, we come to this table in remembrance, in communion, and in hope of the one who hosts it. At Fellowship Church, we welcome to the table of our Lord Jesus Christ all who love God and who are seeking to follow Jesus. Let's pray together. Oh God, as we turn this new leaf into a new year, we can't help but say thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your love and grace that you have exhibited to us in the person of Jesus Christ. Thank you for his uh, unending mercy that he shows to us that even though we are the chief of sinners, that you first showed love to us in sending Jesus into this world and that he cares for us. We pray today as we gather around this table, we might encounter you, O Christ, uh, by the power of your spirit, that we might be a changed people, that we might truly go home different. And being a different people, we pray that we might witness to this world of that love and grace that we experience with you and with one another, so that all may come to know you as Savior and Lord. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Friends, it's at this table that we recognize that the one who was born into this world, celebrated at Christmas time, greeted by the wise men and more, eventually lived and grew into a man who taught, who did miracles and under wonderful thi- other wonderful things. And then eventually he gathered with his disciples around a table like this one. And after having given thanks on the same night that he would be betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body given for you. As often as you take of it, do so in remembrance of me. In the same way, after they had supper, he took the cup and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. As often as you drink of it, do so in remembrance of me. The bread which we break and the cup which we bless are to us the communion of the body and blood of Jesus Christ. At Fellowship Church, we take communion by uh, intinction, which is a fancy word that means we drip, dip the communion bread in the communion cup and then partake of the elements together as we return to our seats. We have a nice graphic that we can share with you for our traffic flow of how we do this here. And the important word is exit left and return right. Whichever section you are in, exit left and return right. We'll have four stations up front. There's also rovers who, if you'd like to simply stay where you are, you can raise your hand and they will bring the elements to you. And there's gluten-free over underneath the cross uh, by the brick wall there. I'd like to invite the elders and deacons to come forward for the serving of the elements. And we invite you, when you are ready, you can enter into a season of prayer to make ready your hearts uh, to come forward to the table and partake of the elements. And then you can come forward when you are ready to partake of the elements. Friends, these are the gifts of God for the people of God. Come, for all things are now ready.
joy to the world. The Lord is come. Christ has entered into this world bringing a new life and he's invited us from afar to participate in his reconciling work in this world. 
as you go this week, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you now and forevermore. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Go in peace.